Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Jesus went down into the water. And the picture that Peter is painting for us in this, in this passage is certainly he brings us back to Noah and how they were baptized, in a sense, through this flood judgment. But now Jesus being baptized. And, and, and it would be a few years from this moment that he was baptized by John that he would literally be baptized into death and then rise again on the third day. Hello, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob finalizes chapter 3 of Peter's first epistle by analyzing Christ's sufferings and the effects for those that believe in him. Peter drew a picture with his words here. Even as Noah's salvation from the judgment of God was connected with water, so the Christian's salvation is connected with water, the water of baptism. The water of the flood washed away sin and wickedness and brought a new world with a fresh start before God. The water of baptism does the same thing, providing a passage from the old to the new. Let's join Pastor Rob with this final look into chapter 3 of 1 Peter. Certainly not. How shall we who, who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Isn't that great news? (laughs) knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. This old nature was crucified with him in Christ. So that's why baptism is so significant. We are, it's, it's a, it's symbolic. And Jesus commanded us to do it, to be baptized. You don't need to be baptized to be saved, but if you're saved, get baptized because he commanded it. It's good for us to do that. It's a witness to our friends, our family. But notice, verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin, that the body of sin, might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. You don't have to be a slave to sin anymore, Christian. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you're born again, you have one who is greater in you than he that is in the world. And even he that is uh, manipulating you, your emotions, your feelings, your flesh, even your own selves. The very Spirit of God is in you if you're a Christian. You don't have to be a slave any longer. 
For he who has died, verse 7, has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, he dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin, notice, once and for all. But the life that he lives, praise God, (laughs) he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It doesn't get any clearer than that, does it? But it doesn't mean that we're perfect. Baptism doesn't save us. In fact, this verse that you see up on the screen is proof of that. Jesus in Mark chapter sixteen, verse or Mark chapter sixteen, verse sixteen, made this he said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. What is the implication? If we are saved, we should be baptized. But is that the thing that really gets us to glory? No, it doesn't. It does not. The belief in Christ, that is all that matters. You have to be born again. The Bible says you must be born again. Because we're born with this sinful flesh. It is bent on doing evil. Have you figured that out? I think every one of us says, you know what, I'm so glad I'm saved because now I'm no longer a slave to my sin. I know that for certain. I know that I am not a perfect man. I still sin and I still have my errors and I still have my issues. But through this process of sanctification, God is continually setting me apart. He's setting you apart. And when you gave your heart to Christ, he took away some things. You recall what those things were. For each of us, it may be a little something a little bit different, but he removed things to encourage you, to show you I'm with you and I am more powerful than your flesh. I'm more powerful than the enemy of this world. I am more powerful than death and hell. I've gotten the victory over it. And you no longer have to be a slave, but you have to make the decision. You have to make the choice to deny yourself, to take these old nature. This, this old nature is still very much with us, but this new nature, the Spirit of God, is like a, like a can I just use the term, a thousand-pound gorilla standing on top of a chihuahua. The chihuahua, no offense if you have a chihuahua. They're really cute dogs. My grandpa had one. But... The small little, this nature of ours needs to be squashed by this wonderfully, and and gorilla is not the best thing to say because a very peaceful gorilla. Because God is not angry. He's not angry at you. But he has to put to death this old nature, and he, his spirit in you is like a cover, putting it over it and just holding it down. Because every now and then, that thing tries to get out, and man, the, you can hear the rattling underneath. Let me out and express myself. I deserve better. I haven't, you know, I want to do this. I want to drink. I want to smoke. I want to have extramarital affairs. Let me out of my prison. No. And he's holding the lid down, and sometimes the Lord just allows the lid to come off and say, you want to... You want to taste that for a while. You want it that bad. Okay. And after we have our fling with the flesh, we come back as always, realizing the futility of it, the heartbreak heartbreak of it. And we're like, you know what, Lord, forgive me. I thought this thing would look like glitter. It looked gold. It looked like gold. It looked promising. It looked like it fulfilled the desire of my heart. And isn't it true? After the fling is over with, Now comes the remorse. Now comes the bill that we can't pay. When will we learn the lesson? 
When? I'm learning that lesson. And you know what? When you get to the point where you're about to sin and do something, stop dead in your tracks and think about it logically and turn away. That's what repentance is. Turn away from it. You're not going to be perfect. But you turn away, Christian. Turn away. So, and Jesus commanded us to be baptized. You remember in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, during the day of Pentecost, Peter says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and that you shall and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it is a command that God gives us. In fact, you remember in Matthew chapter 28, we call it the Great Commission. What did Jesus say in the Great Commission? He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, which we are getting close to right now. We are at the end of the age. I don't know how much time we've got ahead of us yet. I hope it's short. Because I don't know about you, but I'm ready. <laughs> I want to be with Jesus. I don't want to go prematurely, you know, by getting hit by a bus. But I, I want to be with him. I want to see him face to face. Does your heart long for the Savior? Does your heart long to see the one who created you? The one who paid the price for you? Believe me, when we see him face to face, we will all fall on our faces. And I'm convinced that for the first hundred years or more... <laughs> Our nose is going to be on whatever floor is in front of us, whether it's gold or marble, I have no idea. Hmm. I love getting carried away with that, don't you? That's what we have to look forward to. Jesus was even baptized. Was he baptized because he needed to confess his sins? No, he was baptized as a representative, because he was not only the Son of God, God in the flesh, but he was also the Son of Man. And as our example, as our shepherd king that he is, as our great high priest, as the example that he is, he says, I'm not just going to tell you to do it, I'm going to do it and show you how it's done. I'm going to allow myself to be baptized. In fact, John, you remember, he says, Lord, I have need to be baptized of you. And Jesus said, John, let's do this now. It's going to fulfill all righteousness. Just allow this. Just baptize me, John. And notice what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came immediately up from, came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Jesus went down into the water. And the picture that Peter is painting for us in this, in this passage is, Certainly he brings us back to Noah and how they were baptized, in a sense, through this flood judgment. But now Jesus being baptized, and it would be a few years from this moment that he was baptized by John, that he would literally be baptized into death and then rise again on the third day. But he went down into the water, you notice that. That is why... When we baptize here at Calvary Chapel, we we believe in full submersion. Not that it's some kind of legalistic thing. You can get baptized with sprinkling if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. You can have a little tassel. You can have a squirt gun. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) You know, you could have one of those super soakers. You know, the pastor could just kind of, you know, do that if you want. But we believe in this full submersion because of the, the type that it typifies. 
We go all the way under, making ourselves, you know, with Christ in his death. We go under and we come up in newness of life. The picture is so beautiful when you see it. And Peter's here is saying that this is a type. Just as Noah and them were baptized, baptism through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In verse 22, he says, Now this Jesus, we're back in 1 Peter 3, Jesus, who has gone into heaven, is at the right hand of God. He's at the right hand of God the Father. Angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. You know, and I love how complete the word of God is. If there's any doubt in your heart about the, the, the truth of the scripture, if there's any doubt in your heart about the reality of all of this, look at these verses. I'm just going to read them to you. You can write them down if you want. But in Psalm 110, David, speaking a thousand years before Jesus was incarnate from the Virgin Mary, this is what he says. This is called a messianic psalm. Psalm 110. We're just going to look at verse 1 and then verses 5 through 7. David says, The Lord, Yahweh, said to my Lord. The, the original word there in Hebrew is Adonai. So Yahweh, God the Father, said to Adonai, Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. A thousand years before Jesus was born. And then in verse 5, the Lord, Adonai, is at your right hand. He's at the right hand of the Father. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore he shall, le- uh, therefore he shall lift up the head. And it's speaking of that day when Jesus comes back in his Second coming, it's recorded for us in Revelation 19, beginning in verse 11. You can read it yourself, be in awe, and get blown away by it. He is going to come back any time, at, the, at that time, and he is going to judge the nations. He is going to have dominion over every government. If you're sick of Republicans and Democrats, good. Because there's coming one who is neither. <laughs> He alone will be on the ballot. There won't be any voting him in. There'll be no incumbents. There'll be one on the throne. And what a glorious day that will be. Are you looking forward to that day? No more nonsense. <laughs> hmm. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus, as he was being arraigned before, after the night of his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. But Jesus, it says, kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Hmm. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Did Jesus ever claim that he was God? Here's one of them. Every Jew knew that the Christ was the anointed one. It literally means Messiah. And the Son of God is equal with God. We know that to be true. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, these three are one. 
tell us if you are the Christ, the anointed, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, it is as you said. There are many other verses that corroborate this kind of thing. Nevertheless, I say to you, notice what Jesus says to him before he's even crucified. He says, hereafter you will see the son of man sitting. He's speaking of himself. You will see me seated at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven in his second coming. He said that to these very religious people. And they still, they crucify him. And Jesus is referring all the way back to Psalm 110, what we just read, thousands of year, a thousand years before this event. He's pointing to that scripture, to that Psalm 110. And then finally in Acts chapter 7, we know this very well. Stephen, this wonderful deacon filled with the Spirit of God, he's standing before the Sanhedrin after Jesus' death and resurrection, Stephen now is standing before these, this group of great men. And he's told them, he says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers who have received the law by the direction of angels, and you've not kept it. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and noticed, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, can you imagine this euphoric look on this young man's face? They probably weren't even aware. They probably couldn't even see it, but he could see it. And he's looking up. Can you imagine? I, I like, I, I'm dramatic. Can you imagine him looking up? And he just, he's got these wide eyes. And he just, he's... And then he tells these very religious men who think they were great, who thought they were right in God's, size, in God's eyes. He says, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. The right hand speaks of authority. The right hand speaks of dominion. Equal with God the Father, he's standing at the right hand of God. Right now, he is at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I. David saw it a thousand years before Christ was born. Jesus told the Pharisees, this is what's going to happen. This is where I'm going to go. Once you guys have your way with me, I'm going to go to seated at the right hand of the Father. And then certainly after that, now Stephen, the first martyr of the church, He says, I see heaven open and I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. (laughs) It's wonderful. Be encouraged. Be encouraged in the Word of God. Be encouraged that Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. And it doesn't matter what you have done. You may have come in here this morning with a whole laundry list of, of sin and things that you've done this week or things that you've done in your past. You can't erase those things, and they gnaw at your heart, and you find yourself in despair, and you find yourself trying to give yourself comfort from the the, the guilt and the shame of your past by drinking, by smoking, by sticking a needle in your arm and giving yourself an injection of heroin. Whatever it may be, the only deliverance that you can find, the only forgiveness you can find is through Christ. He loves you, and he's not ashamed of you. He knows what flesh is all about. He knows it. And he defeated it. 
And now he wants to indwell you. And he wants to love on you. He's already paid the price for you. So why not just give yourself completely over to him and not play games anymore? Not, not wonder, well, maybe I've got to go find myself. I need to go find what, I'm, you know, what I believe. Believe me, it's one-stop shopping. Grab your Bible, open it up, and read it. This is all you need. You don't need to go find some Buddha sitting on a high hill. You don't need to go to Mecca. You don't need to go to the Hilkamora pageant and Palmyra. You don't need to go to Salt Lake City. You don't need to go to Brooklyn, New York, to the Watchtower Society to find answers. The answers are right here. You're holding them. And it has to be that simple. Because God, his ways are enough for a child to understand. And it has to be that way. And I like that because I qualify. (laughs) Finally, our last verse, and then we'll go. Jesus, who has gone into heaven, is at the right hand of the Father, and angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Let me read one final passage to you. It's in Colossians chapter 2. I'll just read it to you. kind of sums up many things that we've talked about already. In him, Christ, verse 11, were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, but putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Is that really good news? That's really good news to me. Having wiped out, notice verse 14, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Notice, having disarmed principalities and powers. These are wicked spirits, beings, demonic hordes, He's disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand. (laughs) Lord God, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word, just how true it is and how accurate it is, Father. And we thank you, Jesus, that... You said in the Psalms, Lord, I have put my word above all my name. And Lord, if you put this word above all your name, I think we can trust it. Even with the translational errors here and there, Father, of our English Bible, Lord, it doesn't subtract anything from it. But God, you are awesome. And Lord, this morning, every one of us, we want to give to you afresh our lives, our heart, our will, especially Lord, would you touch our lives today? And Lord, may no one here leave feeling condemned or discouraged, but Lord, may we all come to the knowledge of Christ and realize the great love that you have for us. And Lord, you're no longer angry. You're no longer, there's no anger in you. Your anger was taken out on your son at the cross once and for all. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus said.
He paid the price so we don't have to. We honor and glorify you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.